Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, pastor of Sacred City Church in Davenport, Iowa. And today I am again with two of my pastoral residents. Say hi, guys. How's it going? How's it going? And our deacon of worship. Hello, Joel here. Joel is here back with us again. We like this guy. We like his smooth, silky voice on this podcast. Uh, And this is the segment of our podcast that we call Theology for Everyone. And it's our hope to help all the moms and dads, all the single folks, all the single ladies, all the people in our church to become better theologians. Um, That when the word God is spoken or when they speak it or when it pops into their head, they have a more accurate, more biblical, more accurate theological picture of God in their mind when that happens. And so we're working through a great mini systematic theology called the Westminster Confession of Faith. We're going line by line, chapter by chapter, precept by precept. And we find ourselves now, we've made our way through two chapters on the Holy Scriptures and on God, His Trinitarian nature. And now we are in chapter 3, called Of God's Eternal Decree. Of God's Eternal Decree. So let's just jump right in it today. I'll read it, and then we'll uh, go back and, and talk about it line by line. God, from all eternity, did, by the most wise and holy counsel of His own will, freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so, as thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. Okay. Of God's eternal decree. Let's go line by line, and then let's um, see if this lines up with Scripture. Okay? God, remember, Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, from all eternity, did by the most wise and holy counsel of His own will, freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. So, Westminster Divines here are saying, in eternity, God decreed, God determined, God predetermined, God predestined, God commanded everything that was going to come to pass. Okay? So this is, we, we say sim- quite simply around here, the sovereignty of God. He is completely of his own his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Okay? That's what they're saying. Let's see if this lines up with scripture. Let's go to Ephesians. Who's got Ephesians 1? It's me. 11. Go ahead. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay. So there the apostle Paul says that we have been predestined Uh, according to his will. And that's the same language that the Westminster Divines use. 
Uh, who's got Romans 11.33? Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Okay. So most wise, his ways are un unsearchable and inscrutable. They are beyond scrutiny. They are perfect and holy because he's determined them to be so. They're coming from his own will, freely and unchangeably. Who has Hebrews 6.17? Anybody? Oh, no, we decided not. Who has Romans Roman 9, 15 through 18? I think I have that one, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, a, that's a tough one here, so let me turn to it real quick. Sorry, guys. Of course, I'm struggling here. All right, there we go. Romans 9, 15 through 18. The Apostle Paul says this. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion, so that it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. I'm going to go ahead and read and keep reading. You say, you will say to me then, well, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded? Say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy? which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. So, over and over here, we see that, yes, this is accurately depicting what the Scripture teaches, that God, from all eternity, did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably ordain Whatever comes to pass. Now, what that I, what the scripture I just read, it preemptively answers the natural human question that comes up out of that. Okay, if God predestined everything, if God decreed everything, then, then he must be the author of sin. Because sin happens, so God must ordain sin. Well, and the answer to that is yeah and no, right? Let me, let's go to, who's got James 1? I got that one. This is James 1, 13 through 17. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has, conce when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, 
coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Okay, so right there we see that God tempts no one, right? 1 John 1.5 says this, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Okay, so the, the, the confession says, thereby neither is God the author of sin. So God is not the author of sin. Did he create a world and ordain a world where sin was possible? Yes. But is God the author of sin? No, he's not. Well, the next thing people will say is, well, if God is sovereign over everything and he's predestined everything that's going to happen, then I, I don't, then people don't have free will and their choices don't matter. That's typically what people say. And we would say, well, yes and no. First off, it says, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures. Now, what he's, gonna get, what he's getting at here is ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin and, and we were cursed and all the progeny of Adam, we were born with original sin. We desire, we will to sin. We will to rebel. And God allows us to do that. God is sovereign. He could stop us. He could stop us from sinning, but he doesn't. It's a part of his plan in some way. But he's not turning us into robots. He's not overcoming our will in that kind of way where our choices, it's the other thing next people say, well, then our choices don't really matter. No, that's not true. It says, nor is the liberty, that's our freedom, our ability to make choices, or contingency, here it is, of second causes taken away. So, our choice, contingency of second causes. God's the primary cause of everything. We are the secondary cause, okay? Our choices really do matter. They really, like, if you choose to be a good father, that's going to have an effect on your children. If you choose to be a poor father, that's going to have a, an effect on your children. If you choose to commit adultery, that's going to have an effect. That All of these are secondary causes. Our choices absolutely do matter. But listen to what he says this. So they say, let me read it all again. Nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. So God's decree establishes the fact that our choices actually matter. Or in other words, God is sovereign through our choices. God is sovereign, including our choices. His, his sovereignty includes our choices. What that means is God, as the only necessary being, the omniscient one, he knows every contingent, every contingency. Do you know what a contingency, do you know what a, having a contingency plan, do you know what that means? Nope. Okay. Tomorrow is election day, bro. Y'all better have contingency plans. <laughs> Contingency plans is if Trump gets elected, here's my plan. If Biden gets elected, here's my plan. Contingency plan is to know every possible outcome. Okay? So if I get the job, this is what I'm going to do. If I don't get the job, this is what I'm going to do. You say, don't put, you hear people say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? 
they're talking about have contingency plans, have backup plans. Now, this is what's interesting. God knows every contingency plan in the universe. He knows every possible outcome of every person's choices, every single choice, how it will affect. One of the things that, that we don't know as human beings is how our choices, how our behaviors, even how the laws that we're gonna that we put in place, we don't know they're what unnecessary side effects are going to happen from them. So we try to do something good. Maybe talk about the you know uh, racial equality. And so we, we start something like, I'm just going to say it, we start something like affirmative action. Let's just say we have altru- altruistic motives. We want to, people that have been um, historically pushed down and been marginalized and haven't had the same opportunities, we want to elevate them and we want to help them and boost them and give them an opportunity. Now, what we don't know is how that's going to how that's actually going to work? How are people going to respond to that? Some people um, might not like that; they might push away from that. Some people might not work hard anymore because they've got that boost up. Some people that might cause other discrepancies or other racial inequalities down the road, like we're seeing right now. And I, I can't remember if it was Yale or Harvard or Princeton is discriminating against uh, Chinese uh, Americans because. They, their their test scores are so high. They're literally saying, "No, we don't want those. We don't want them anymore. We're, we're discriminating against them racially because they're getting too many of them, and they're not getting enough of other ethnicities." And so I just bring that up to say we don't know what unnecessary consequences are going to come from even the good choices that we make in our life. But God, He's not a contingent being. He knows. And he knows because he's sovereign and because he's omniscient, he knows every possible outcome. So that's why when people say, well, if I was God, I wouldn't do this. What? No, if you were God, you would do exactly what God has done because God knows every possible outcome and he's chosen the best. He's chosen the, the, the one best outcome of the whole thing. He's, he's chosen it. Now, is that really scriptural, Justin? Well, let's go check it out. But before you go okay. on from that, yeah. um, so you're, maybe, you're not saying that God has contingency plans, that God has a back. Like, if the crucifixion of Jesus didn't happen to work out, God had something else. That's not what you're saying, right? It, that's, impos- that's an impossibility. What you descri- describe there is an impossibility. God, because he's omniscient, Okay, let's say this. He's all-seeing and all-knowing. He knows every possible outcome from every choice that you possibly could make. And he's his, his plan is inscrutable and unchangeable, and it's going to come to it's going to come mm-hmm. to pass no matter what. And he's not um, and, and let's just say he's working, he knows exactly what you're going to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Your will is not being inhibited. You, you, what's the liber- Your liberty and your will is not being. Um, so there, there's no violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. So his sovereignty works through all of our choices and he knows everything that everyone's going to do. So when you say like contingency, like it's more on the side of man, not on the side of God. Because if, when I start thinking of a backup plan for God, I'm starting, that sounds like not a sovereign God. 
because... No, God has no contingency plans. Okay, yeah. But he sees... So you could say, like, well, is God... You know, if God, does God know I'm going to do this? And punch somebody in the face, mm-hmm. right? And, and you'd be like, yeah, he knew you were going to do that. He saw all contingencies. He saw every outcome. He knew you had a choice right there to not punch or to punch, and he knew you were going to punch. He see, That's what his, his omniscience and his sovereignty means. And he worked that punch into his sovereign plan, mm-hmm. even if it was sin. Even if it was sin, it was worked into his plan. That's what it means. Okay, I'm tracking with you now. Okay. I don't think I've ever said those things out loud before. So (laughs) some of that stuff, you know, write me if I was heretical on that. Let's 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 see if we got any text or let's see if we got any scripture to back this up. Uh, Acts two twenty three. Anybody? I got it. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay, phenomenal scripture. Read it again, a little bit slower. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Pause. Right there, do you see that? This Jesus delivered up by the definite plan. You could not get around it. There was not a way that Jesus wasn't going to die on the cross. He was going to. And the foreknowledge of God, God foreknew it, foreordained it, foredesired it, foreloved it, forechose it. Keep reading. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay, boom. You crucified. Paul doesn't say it was foreordained by God and you guys are guiltless and you guys are innocent and you were just mindless pawns robotically going because God possessed you in such a way to, to, to accomplish his plan. Nope. You sinners did it. Read, read, read the text again. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay. God ordained their sin. And the fact that the only way to kill Jesus was to sin, right? But it does not take away their accountability for their actions, right? They still sinned and, 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 and did it. And here's the deal. He didn't violate their will. They want, Because they're sinners, they wanted to kill the Son of God. He allowed them to do what they wanted to do, and that was sin, and that was kill his son. And yet that sin was still ordained in the plan of God. And because God allowed that sin to happen, we're saved. That's pretty fascinating, right? Was that all the scripture? Yeah. Okay. Um, then did we have? Did somebody have Matthew seventeen? No. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Okay, again, they did whatever they pleased. So to say that if God is sovereign, then our choices don't really matter and we're somehow kind of mindless puppets at the hand of God is to speak unbiblically and is, and is to, to create a... Um, God, my, my brain just went dead... Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call it when you're when you? Um, it's a fallacy that you create, um, kind of like a caricature or um, plausibility structure. No, no, and you attack it. You you basically say this is what that means, even though it oh, does straw man. Straw man. I was literally thinking scarecrow, and I didn't want to say it because <laughs> I had scarecrow in my mind, and I was too scared to say scarecrow. It's a straw man argument, right? It's a straw man. It's a fallacy of the straw man. Yeah. And so, oh well, if God is sovereign, then we don't have any choices. That's not what scripture teaches. 
Scripture teaches you choose what you want to do, but God has that in his plan. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to choose, you know? And so they did what was in their heart they, to persecute the prophets and persecute Jesus. Do we have, um, did somebody have John 19? No. I might have had John 19. Yeah, <clears throat> John 19, 11. No, nah, I'm not going to... Never mind, I'm not going to read it. Pro oh, I had Proverbs 16.33. That's what I was going to read. That's right. Proverbs 16.33. The lot is cast into the lap. So he's talking about throwing lots. Think of it as throwing dice. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Mm. I was just thinking about this because I was thinking about all the times in Scripture I think of people, so Jonah, uh, people casting lots. This was a thing. It was almost like a superstitious like, well, I don't know what decision to make, so we're going to cast lots. You can see the disciples, I think they cast lots for uh, who was going to replace Judas, right? And mm -hmm. how they figured out Matthias was going to replace Judas. And then you see, but then the fascinating one is when Jesus was crucified and then they were casting lots for his garments. But then that was a fulfillment of scripture. Mm -hmm. So they're doing this thing that's kind of like, I don't know if superstitious is the right word, but they're trying to make a decision about what we should do. But then the, that's just a roundabout way of them fulfilling the decree of God, which is yeah. fascinating. That's fascinating. So, if that's true, I'm going to the casino tonight, man. <laughs> no, if you lose, no, it's because seven. God ordained yeah, it. That's right. Yeah. Like man, God ordained that I was going to be broke tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, but we ac absolutely believe that. Now, here, we believe that God is sovereign over everything, every roll of the dice. Every turned ankle in football, for me, when I broke my elbow and it was the worst thing possible for me, and yet it kept me in the Quad Cities, it kept me, it sent me to Augustana College, it kept me plugged into my local church, it enabled me to, to find my wife here and to, to stay here and to, and, to be, and to be called into ministry rather than just pursue um, owning my own business like I was going to do. That was all, it was the worst moment in my life, and yet that at, at that time. And yet that was determined by the Lord. He knew exactly what it was going to take to keep me in the quad cities and to keep me here and get me saved and to plant this church. It's, it's fascinating mm -hmm. when you think about that, you know, uh, the scripture says that not one sparrow can fall from the sky without your father knowing it. He says, he, this says he knows every hair that's on your head, that God is sovereign over all things. Now, people get in a lot of trouble for saying things like, well, we used to call every storm an act of God because they are. In some ways, God ordains every tornado, every tsunami, every hurricane that God ordains it. Now, there is, uh, you know, uh, there is other spiritual things at work that, that are trying to thwart God's plan, but we also know that they can't thwart God's plan, that God is the only sovereign. Satan's not at the center of the universe. Satan has no power over God whatsoever. Satan has, we look at Job, Satan has to ask God's permission to even tempt and try Job, to, to, you know, to, to come against Job and his family. Hey, I, have you looked at this? Can I go do that? God's like, and it's pretty freaky because God goes, yeah, go ahead. 
And then Job comes back and says, well, the only reason he's so obedient to you is because he's blessed and highly favored. Look at his family. Look at his house. Look at his stuff. Okay, go ahead. And he, I mean, he kills his kids, right? Afflicts his body. His wife's telling him to curse God and die. God allows Satan to do all of those things. And yet, in the end, we know that God does restore everything to him doesn't take away the pain and the loss of that, but God, but God restores everything. God is sovereign over all of these things, um, over everything that happens. And yet, don't say things that the Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say, "quote Our choices don't matter." The Bible doesn't say, "Then we're just robots or we're just puppets." And and for me, the most articulate way that I can say it is God predestines us through our choices. And I do not mean by that what some people say, that God looks down the corridors of time and takes our choices into account when he predestines. That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. Um, it's more of like rolling with the punches than it is like sovereignty. Yes. No, I mean God determines everything. I don't mean determinism. And there's a lot of people that teach determinism now. And that is that means determinism is that our choices don't matter. And even there's a lot of scientists today that are pre, that are teaching determinism that you don't have free will. This is interesting. There's a lot of scientists right now teaching that human beings do not have free will. Every choice that they make is a result of some either DNA predisposition or chemicals going off in their brain or in their body that are already predisposed. So if, you, if we could map, they, they teach, if you could map the DNA perfectly, I would know if you're going to choose chocolate cake over vanilla cake or cake over pie or this girl over that girl, that it's... It's, and now I think they are getting to something deep, that there's something deep down in us that's predestined and also that we are more influenced by our desires and our desires come from places that we don't really know how we're shaped in our, in our mother's womb, the DNA that we've got, the culture that we grew up in, all of that, that we don't even understand sometimes why we do what we do. Yeah, so the fundamental belief would that's true there is that we are shaped by our desires, but our desires have fallen with the rest of us. And so that would make sense that the desires keep on shaping us, but they go in and, and different directions. Yeah. And here, here's what we believe. We believe our desires are inherently um, sinful and selfish and bent in on themselves. Mm-hmm. And they, they will destroy our lives if we give in to them. Yeah. So when people say it's driving me crazy right now, this, this, um, with, when it comes to what the I'm going to say what the what the the people on the left are teaching about gender and about the ability that gender is not um, fixed, it's not biological, it's not scientific, that somehow it can change and you can be a man in a girl's body or a girl in a man and that a child can somehow say before they go through puberty, a 
10-year-old daughter, 10-year-old girl can say, I'm a man or I'm a boy and I'm going to I'm going to make that decision and and live and live out of that. And then to speak against that is anathema right now. Like right. you're being literally crucified for it. It it's like this predetermined I don't even know how to put my mind like I don't even get where do they think gender is coming from? Right. What is I mean what what do they think gender is? And and it's it's very bizarre and frustrating and they say this is how I was born. I was born this way. And the Bible says, listen, if you feel like a boy and you're a girl, that's a perfect example of you were born this way as a sinner, as confused, as broken, as wounded, that we're not born whole, we're not born redeemed, that we need redemption. And so you're confused is what you are, and you're a 10-year-old child, and we should not be allowing you to make life-altering decisions before puberty. It drives me crazy. It's insanity, right. and it's it's another march towards cultural destruction. Sure, It's inviting. Yeah. It's sowing to the wind, and we're reaping the whirlwind. Yeah. So, Scripture teaches we're born broken, we need to be redeemed, right? And, and so we need our will freed. We need our desires redeemed. We need our feelings reoriented, right? And how does that happen? That happens, thankfully, through the predestination of God the Son entering into human history, taking on flesh, taking not only our sins, but our weaknesses, our wounds, taking all of that to the cross, dying for us in order to give us wholeness, in order to free our will from the bondage of sin that it's born in. Romans 1 talks about that we know there's a God, but we deny his, we deny his existence, we deny the reality of it, and we, we f- when we do that, we follow after our own desires, our own broken desires. Well, redemption frees us from the power of sin in that way so that now we can actually make decisions that are in line with the universe, that are in line with God. We can actually choose the good. We can actually obey the law through the power of the Spirit. We can actually put to, put to death the deeds of the body through the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so so that's, that's that. That's a lot I just said there. Um <laughs> I'm going to read it one more time. God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so, as thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures. So he doesn't go against our will. He doesn't crush our will. Nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away but rather established. So that's a deep one. Um, yeah, that's a deep one. Hopefully, uh, maybe we had, maybe we brought some uh, clarity to it. Maybe we just confused you. If we did, <laughs> send me an email. Um, and maybe we can bring some clarity to you as uh, in the next podcast. 
short, to make it all short, God is sovereign over all. God predestines everything that's going to happen, to happen, including the death of his own son, the resurrection of his son, the renewal and the redemption of all things. And our choices matter. And, and somehow God sees through it all and knows exactly what we're going to choose. And it, the, the future is not open. The future is not open. The future is determined by God. Amen. Heaven and earth will be restored and, we'll, and the redeemed or the elect will um, dwell with him forever. Hopefully this is a blessing to you guys. You can send me an email past, or at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. If you've got any questions, please uh, send those and just do the thing, man. Like us, share us, comment, rate us on the podcast app if you haven't done that. We love you. We hope to serve you well. God bless you.